0: Number 15, beginning in verse 21, uh, the Bible says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, "'Send her away, for she crieth after us.' But he answered and said, "'I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel.' Then came she and worshipped him, saying, "'Lord, help me.' But he answered and said, "'It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs.' And she said, "'Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs "'which fall from their master's table.' Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you'd bless now our Bible study this morning. We pray that you would just meet with us in a very personal way and to help us to understand and to learn these particular truths, make application to our lives. As always, Lord, we're thankful for your goodness to us, we're thankful for your mercy, and we're thankful for your grace. In Jesus' name, we ask all of these things, amen. So you teenagers that are with us, uh, just so that you know, for the adult class, for the last uh, really couple of months, we've been doing a study on the miracles of Jesus, and we're about halfway through the three-year ministry of the Lord. Do we have any more handouts, Aaron? Couple right there, yeah. Maybe some people can share. Maybe that back row, we can give one to that row. And um, so we're good. I think we're good. So uh, anyhow, we're about a year and a half into into Jesus's ministry. And one of the important things always when you're studying about the miracles of Jesus is often the emphasis is often placed on the miracle itself, where the reality is the miracles were always used to teach other important truths, and especially the gospel. Um, in this instance, we're going to see something I think that, that's really interesting here. In fact, I believe, I could be wrong, this, I think this is the only time in the ministry of Jesus that he leaves the borders or the coast, if you will, of Israel. Because when it's said here uh, in the text that he went into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, that would be what we would know today as present-day Lebanon. It's where the Canaanites, the Phoenicians, dwelt. And so he is, he is at this moment, at this time, he travels about 50 miles and, uh, to an area, as you can see on your handout, that's inhabited by Gentiles, by pagan people. A people that the Jewish people, if you notice, look on your handout, the Jewish people would consider these people unclean. So this is a pretty big deal here. We kind of just take it for granted, because we know that the gospel now it goes only not only to the Jew but to the Gentile. But Jesus's primary ministry in his day was to Jewish to the Jews. And um, but it's interesting to note here that in, in, and we don't have time to get into all of this. But in this chapter, in the preceding verses in the chapter. Jesus is dealing with things like foods and traditions and whether they were clean and whether they were unclean. And then after that, in which the Pharisees get really annoyed with Jesus because he's talking about these things, um, Jesus then leaves and he goes to a people that were considered unclean by the Jewish people. Um, you remember for instance in the Bible when Jesus met the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. And and, uh, in that instance, she said to Jesus, how is it you, a Jew, are talking with me? Because they just didn't even, not only did they consider one another unclean, they didn't even talk to one another. So notice this on your handout. I put Mark's account down because I want you to see this as well because there's uh, one important phrase that's left, uh, that's in Mark that's not in the Gospel of Matthew. Look what it says. It says, and from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and he entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Then it says for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her. So if you notice on your handout, I have that little phrase where it says, he could not be hid. And if we got into all of this, Jesus, they're they're trying to come apart. They're trying to get away from the crowds and the multitude. Remember, Jesus, he's God God in the flesh. Amen? 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 Make sure you're with me here this morning. But he's still a man. And so he tires. He fatigues. Uh, People are... It's a year and a half into his ministry. His fame is spreading throughout the land and more and more people are going to Jesus, going to Jesus. We saw when we read here at the end of this account that the multitudes came just trying to touch him. So his popularity is on the rise. And if uh, you were in the lesson last week, it's a real transition. It's really where we see the Pharisees starting to plot to kill him. And uh, they're more and more upset as his ministry continues to grow. But that little phrase, he could not be hid. The phrase doesn't mean that Jesus couldn't find a secluded place and hide himself from the crowds. You might read that and think, well, how come Jesus couldn't be hid? Because we know there are other instances where Jesus could hide himself from the crowds. For instance, in the, and we're not going to turn there, but it's in the Gospel of John where Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching and preaching in the temple and they took up stones to stone him. And Jesus passes right on through the crowd as if they couldn't even see him. The idea of him not being able to be hid is that the need was so great, he just could not neglect the need. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? He just saw the need, and and that's why he came. He came to meet the needs of you and for me and for those there. And so this woman, she approaches him, now let me ask you this as we get into this Bible study this morning. This Gentile, this Can- Canaanite woman, how do we know from the scriptures that we read that this woman recognizes Jesus as the Messiah? Look in the text because there's the key to the, it right there that she recognizes that Jesus Christ, that she's the Messiah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, she does do that, but I think there's even a greater piece of evidence that she recognizes. Yes? Son of David. Yeah, look in verse number 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the coast and cried unto him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou Son of David. That is a phrase that's referencing that he's the Messiah. So this woman has some type of faith and... um, She's, she's heard that Jesus is there. And uh, we're going to see here as uh, Jesus deals with her, and he deals with her like he doesn't deal with anyone else in the Scriptures. Just by his response. And a lot of this is, is for you and I to, to see how Jesus... Uh, there are some similarities to how Jesus uh, dealt with other people at other times, whether in the parables or, or the healing ministry. But three things that I have for you in the Bible study this morning that you and I can apply to our lives. And the first is this. We see in this woman the patience of her faith. The patience of her faith. In light of everything going against her, and there are numerous things here that are going against her, she continues to plead with Jesus. So you tell me, just as we've read through this this morning, she's got some things going against her. What are some of those things as we read through the text? What are some of those things? Give me one thing, Mike. She's not an Israelite. In fact, Jesus, we'll talk about this in a few minutes. Jesus will say in verse 24, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So number one, she's not an Israelite. What's that? what else is against her approaching this rabbi, Jesus, the master teacher? What else? She's a woman. Now why is that a problem, ladies? Why is it a problem that she's a woman? second-class citizens if even that. If even that, they just did not and were not allowed to, you know, they weren't recognized. You know, that's again, as we approach uh, this particular time of year and we celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the, the, the idea that the, the writers of the Scriptures would, would have the woman, women go to the tomb and give evidence of a risen Savior is really counter to the culture of that day. If you were writing something on that day, the last thing that you would do is have the women... record, and, and you wanted to prove something to someone... You would not record that the women went to the tomb and gave evidence because the women weren't even listened to. So she's not an Israelite, and she approaches Jesus. She's not a Jew. She's not. She's she's a woman. What else has we've read through all of this? Some other things here. Yeah, the disciples. It seemed like actually. As I read through this, it's, it may not be so much that they said that she was crazy. They thought more she was an annoyance. And, and some Bible writers say it was almost as if they said, well, why don't you just deal with her and then let's move on. Uh, but Jesus is going to teach the disciples some things here as, well as, as uh, well as the woman. So the disciples' attitude, send her away, verse 23. For she crieth after us. Crieth after us. So she's a Gentile. She's a woman. The disciples' attitude, something else going on here. Yeah, and that's the point of, that she's not, a, she's not a Jew. She's a Gentile. So we're going to talk about that. That's really the, the whole point here. What is Jesus, this attitude that Jesus seems to have, but he doesn't really have an attitude here. Jesus' attitude is always a righteous attitude. There's one other thing that you're missing here. What's the one other thing that this woman's got going against her in this situation? Well, why did she come to Jesus? Satan is involved here. There's satanic activity going on here. So there's a lot that's happening with this woman, but she is patient with regards to what's happening. Um, Look at on your handout Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. When Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, he said this that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. I put that verse down because the reality is with this woman and with you and with me, our walk here in this world. Our journey is meant to be such that you and I are increasing in the knowledge of God. The point is that you and I are increasing in our faith. The point is that there are times that God puts into our lives moments of that we need to be learned patience as God's working with us. This woman here is an example of that. Now, nowhere else in the Bible do we really see this kind of a response from Jesus. Look, again, look what it says. Look what Jesus says here. After she begs him, basically, she says, Son of David, at the end of verse 22, my daughter's grievously vexed with a devil. Now, look what Jesus, look, look in verse 23. But he answered her not a word. He didn't say a thing to her. That's so unlike Jesus. You don't see that anywhere else in the Scriptures. But you have to keep this in mind in this account. Jesus is not there to reprove her. Jesus is there to improve her and to improve her faith. So this is not meant to, to be a reproach upon this woman because she's a woman, she's a Canaanite, she's uh uh, the, the disciples are kind of seem to be annoyed. But Jesus is going to take this woman and, and she has some type of faith here because she's already declared that he's the son of, of David. And he's going to improve upon that faith. It's a wonder the woman didn't respond differently, don't you think, when Jesus said that? I mean, she's come with this great problem and and. The, And Jesus doesn't say anything to her, almost like he's ignoring her. It's a wonder she wouldn't think this. Wait, this isn't the Jesus I heard about. This isn't the Jesus that I heard who was compassionate, who was kind and tender. This isn't what's going on. But this woman doesn't feel that way. Her patience turns to persistence. Her patience turns to persistence. Almost, it seems in verse twenty-three, as if Jesus is rejecting her. So the Lord, He's not trying to destroy her faith; He's trying to develop her faith. Let me ask you, to some of those even in my class. So a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the how. Well, we talked about a number of these examples of where Jesus. Would respond in different ways, and he's going to he's going to make some comments here. Um, and we we saw when we studied the parables, uh, you know, sometimes Jesus would say this. Well, let me ask you this. You know, the Pharisees or whatever would come, and they would say da 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 da, and then Jesus would say, well, let me ask you this, or let me ask you this. What happened when we studied with the woman who had an issue of blood? She came to Jesus, and she was healed, it was a very private thing. She just reached out and grabbed a hold of his garment. Well, what happened next? Yeah, who touched me? Now, we understand, who. The, who the, did Jesus know who touched him, or did he not know who touched him? Yeah, of course he knew. So what was Jesus doing? He was trying to elicit a response of faith from the woman. And so the questions often that Jesus asks in the Bible are to elicit responses from people of faith. You know what? You know who touched me, and she had to answer. It was me. And then that that very private moment became a very public moment. Now two weeks ago we had a baptismal service, and Carl was baptized. That became went from a private moment to a public moment, and. Um, uh, when people join the church, uh, they come and they say, well, we'd like to become a member. And, and just so then it becomes what someone might have talked to either me or Pastor Ethan. And then um, well, it was two weeks ago that Cheryl, same day we baptized, Cheryl joined the church. That becomes a public thing. And so the same with Jesus in our faith. As we, as we um, grow in the faith, reading our scriptures, Sitting under the preaching and teaching of God's word, our prayer life. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my own personal life where Jesus raises questions in my heart. What about this? And what about this? And what about this? I was at a, a and dealing with all of these things. So let's look at a couple of things here. First is we, we've already identified, look at verse 22. And and uh, verse it's also found in verse 25. Her, her problem, this is her stated problem. Her daughter, her daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Her daughter's got trouble. She, she's, she's been demonically possessed. Lord, she says, Help me! She came and worshipped him. Well, again, Jesus' has stated purpose, but he says to her. Um, after the disciples say, send her away, for she crieth after us. And now he answers, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now that's primarily true, but Jesus did, we've seen from the scriptures, uh, while he primarily preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jews, there are different instances in the scriptures where Jesus reached out To the Gentiles. In fact, even when Jesus was born, it was Simeon who said as he saw the Christ child for the first time that he was a light to lighten the Gentiles. And all through the Old Testament scriptures we see that. But he makes this statement. I'm not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says that to her. And verse 25 now her, I put her stated place on your handout. I meant her stated her stated place spiritually. Look what she says. Lord, help me. She, first she worshiped him. She bows before him. She's bowed in, in her heart, she's just bow, she's bowed before him. In her life, she has bowed before him. And that statement, Lord, help me. Help me. Well, she's just persistent. And then what does Jesus say? Verse 36, but he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now the word dogs here, because uh, the the word dog here, sometimes in the New Testament, the word dog is used. Sometimes the Jews thought of the uh, Gentiles as dogs. The word dog here is is not like some wild beast, and that's how sometimes the Jews thought of the Gentiles, that they were just the wild dogs of the day. This dog that's found here is like if you have a little dog at home that's your pet dog. And um, Jesus asks, or makes this statement, oh, wait a minute, I have bread, he says, but it's not meant you don't take your food and cast it to the dogs. Well, she's just persistent, Look what she says in verse 26 or verse 27. And she said, truth, Lord, that's true. Well, the the woman is um, a very humble woman. She said, that's true. It's true. But then look what she says. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. When my dog, Duke, we had to put my old dog, Duke, down this past year. He's 14 years old, and um, he was uh, a little chocolate lab, and uh, he's the second Duke. He's Duke number two, Duke number one. We had him for 10 years, and then Duke number two, And um, but actually both Dukes loved it. Well, not the first Duke, because th- th- my grandkids weren't a- alive for the first Duke, but My my old Duke there, he loved it when the grandkids would come for dinner, and uh, because basically Duke lived in the kitchen, and the grandkids, uh, I don't remember this with my own kids, but my wife says, "What are you crazy? My grandkids sometimes had a problem getting the food from the plate into their mouth, and especially Aaron's kids. I don't know what you're doing with those kids, Aaron." No, anyhow, the food would fall, in, and Duke would just have a feast. You know, I think maybe sometimes the kids may have <laughs> Or I had a friend in high, sc- er, in uh, junior high school. Robert Hutchinson was his name, and he lived, he lived like two houses down from the school. And if if you could get a pass, you could go and have lunch at his house. So a couple times to go and have lunch at his house. And they, he'd have, like, leftover pizza, and he didn't like the crust, so I'm there. This would never happen in my house, but I guess it was okay in their house. And so I'd be sitting having lunch, and he'd finish his one piece of pizza, and they had a dog, and he'd just take the crust and whip it across the room, and the dog would, would eat it. But this is the picture here, these little dogs, and just eating the crumbs. But this is, this is a picture that the Scriptures are trying to paint for us here. Somebody said this, I wrote it down, I really liked it. They said this about this text. Those who understand that they deserve nothing are thankful for even the crumbs. Get that? Those who understand that they're worth nothing are thankful for even the crumbs. Listen, you and I need to understand we are saved by the grace of God, amen? We, we have no value in and of ourselves. This woman, she said, I'm not a Jew. I understand I'm a woman. I'm a, in that day second class citizen. I understand that the disciples really. But listen, Lord, she says, even the dogs eat. The, even the, uh, how does she put it? She said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs, they eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She understands. She's thankful for whatever the Lord can do. And you and I should be as well. You know it's a sad. We're, we're seeing uh, all that's taking place in Ukraine. I forgot to mention this last Sunday, but we did. We did, and it won't be the it won't be the only time. But we took thousand dollars out of our missions account and we sent it to a missionary in Poland who is working with a uh, uh, food distribution for refugees coming in. And I have to contact our missionary in Romania tomorrow. Uh, We support a ministry that he has called Sally's Kitchen in which they also feed people, uh, primarily gypsies there, but there are many Ukrainians going into Romania, so we want to send him some money. I have another missionary that we support, uh, the Anzalones, and their ministry also is taking care of uh, Ukrainian refugees as well. And so you see the heart, some of the heartbreaking pictures of people as they're displaced and people that need to eat and uh, all that's going on. And uh, really, if you look at the offensive that's taking place in Ukraine right now, they're encircling some of these towns and just trying to starve the people. Uh, the only way the refugees can go is towards Russia, and they can not go; they can only go east, they can't go west. And it's just kind of heartbreaking, all that's taking place there. And so people, I'm bringing this point, because people, when they're hungry, they'll... Just the, just the slightest morsel will be enough to eat. But the truth is the same spiritually. When people are hungry spiritually, uh, when you get to that place where you you just you have exhausted all that this world has to offer, and then Jesus comes, even even the crumbs of Jesus would be better than what the world has to offer. Amen. And uh, yet we know that Jesus, who's the bread of life, there, there's more, the bread of Jesus never runs out. We saw that when he fed the multitudes, the 5,000, not only to feed the 5,000 men, but the women and children. And then there were 12 baskets left. And uh, what a joy that is. But we learn some things here. You know, we see this Gentile and, and her, the persistence. And I think Jesus, he's trying to teach, he's, he's teaching The the apostles and all those who come in contact with this, uh, well, look on your handout. Jesus would say this in John chapter 10, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also must I bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. That's a reference, I believe, to he was ministering to the Jews, but there are other sheep, the Gentiles. Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male or female, for ye are all one in Christ. And then the verse that Ethan, Pastor Ethan looked at I think like a week or two ago on Sunday morning, Ephesians 2.14, for he is our peace, which have, which have made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us, meaning the wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles, and he brings us all together. On Wednesday night, if you weren't here, I taught out of Romans chapter 14. It's an interesting chapter in the book of Romans because in that church in Rome, Like in the early church, you had Jews who had been saved and you had Gentiles who had been saved. And the Jews came out of a very legalistic and a very traditions-oriented dietary laws, clothing laws, holy day laws. And then you had the Gentiles coming out of very pagan and um, ungodly backgrounds and, and intertwining together and read through, read through Romans chapter 14. I don't have time to get into it today, but read through Romans chapter 14. Really, the chapter is a great lesson on how we deal when we disagree with other Christians. But uh, that's that was the lesson for Wednesday night. Anyhow, we've got to finish up. We're out of time. So the patience of her faith, the persistence of her faith, the product of her faith, well, even the dogs, even the dogs are fed. And then verse 28, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. In Mark, it says, and he said unto her, this saying, go thy way. Thy devil is gone out of thy daughter. Her daughter wasn't with her. Go thy way. I've taken care of this. I've taken care of this. But without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then these great multitudes just continue to come in verse 30 and 31. And uh, as Jesus as Jesus deals with with all of these folks here. And, um, and then he's going to feed He's going to next. He's going to feed four thousand, just like he fed the five thousand. The difference, though, you're going to see this next week, is the first feeding of the five thousand were primarily Jews. The second feeding of the four thousand are going to be primarily Gentiles. And um, but we see in this woman the product of her faith. The strength of her faith was resolute. And Jesus, by asking these questions, it wasn't to reprove her. It was to just improve her. And the Lord's doing that with you and with me. Did she come believing he was the Messiah? She did. Did she come believing that he was the hope of her daughter? She did. She did. And so you and I, sometimes we we, we just, we need to be mindful of that. We think sometimes because the Lord doesn't answer our prayers or things aren't necessarily working out the way that we thought that they should be working out, uh, the Lord is just expecting us Listen, be patient in the faith that Christ has given you. Be persistent in that faith. Be persistent. And you'll see the product of your faith. It'll come to fruition in one way or the other. That's how word of prayer. Father, bless the morning worship service. Let it bring honor and glory to you. Be with Pastor Aaron as he preaches this morning. Be with us as we sing in special music and be with the Lord the offering and be with the junior church downstairs and all that we do just just bless lord today in a very great and powerful way and thank you lord for loving us thank you for the precious blood of calvary in jesus name amen